It's Memphis Sport Live. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. Greetings and salutations. We are live from high atop Mount Moriah here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to MSL. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito. I'll be joined by Marcus Hunter momentarily. On the other side of the glass, we got the sleeves of Memphis Johnny Radio and King of Crunch, CJ Hurt. And an action-packed edition of MSL today, as we always do. It's our first Saturday without football in a long, long time. There's no football happening. No college football. That's true. That's true. That's true. The pro football games don't kick off until we are off the air, right, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, There is professional football going on, but, yeah, no college football today. Thanks for jumping in with the correction there on uh – my wording, uh, CJ. All right, so we got an action-packed edition. It's a very special edition of MSL today. Very special edition. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh, what do we, what do we, what do we have going on today? So there's this new. There's so much to talk about with Josh Passner this week and the Grizzlies' uh, developments for the past 24 hours. It's so much to talk about. We will get into all of that. But uh, let's see. On the show today, we've got uh, Dustin Starr, who joins us every month to talk about professional wrestling. He usually brings a friend of the pro wrestling business with him. Today, we've got Derek King joining us in studio. Derek King, who you may know is a local wrestler uh, for over a decade uh, in this town. Uh, but everybody in America will soon know Derek King as a reality show star, Derek King and his family over there in, I think, Conway, Arkansas, or somewhere, Osceola, Arkansas, I believe, uh, their family is going to be on a reality show starting Tuesday night, uh, 9 o'clock Central Time, our premiere of Wrestling With Death, which stars Derek King and his new family, the family he married into, um, and it's following their family. They they run a funeral parlor and uh, they also wrestle. So combine those two elements: an Arkansas family that wrestles and runs a funeral parlor. I guess Debbie Jim was like, "Hey, let's do a let's do a reality show." And so this time next week, Derek King will be a reality show superstar. He'll join us in studio on the show at twelve thirty today. Also on the show, we've got Mike McCarthy. He's a local filmmaker, but you you will. Um, Recently, you have maybe read about him in Memphis Flyer or heard that he's the guy who's fronting a movement to save the Mid-South Coliseum. Of course, the house that the King built there in uh, Midtown next to the Liberty Bowl at the fairgrounds. He's trying to save the – the, not the Liberty Bowl. He's trying to save – the Liberty Bowl is safe. But the, he's trying to save the Mid-South Coliseum, uh, which is right there next to it. He will join us in studio as well to tell us about that cause. And maybe we'll, we'll throw him some of our, our ideas for the Mid-South Coliseum. If you have an idea for the Mid-South Coliseum, I'm willing to take it. Tweet me at Cerrito on Twitter. That's at Cerrito with your idea of uh, what should happen to the uh, Mid-South Coliseum, the MSC. As uh, Nobody ever really called it that, but I tried to get that to stick on in the early 2000s. Uh, also on this show, uh, we are always joined by Kevin Leip to talk Grizzlies. There's so much Grizzlies talk. Kevin Leip, so excited, so excited about Quincy Pondexter possibly being traded from the Memphis Grizzlies. Coupon could be gone. CJ, we've got to find our our cut it out thing, because this is going to be the last time we could use our, our cut it out. Every time we mention Coupon when he first came to the team, we like to play a little um, Joey Gladstone clip from Full House. I don't know where it is, if it's still if it's still on there or not. But uh, cut, cut it out. There we go. 
this could be it. We got to have that handy today because there's going to be some coupon talk. So I think because Lipe is so excited about it, he's coming in studio. Lipe will be in studio today because he's so excited. He, he finally gets his wish. His his dreams do come true. If, if anything, we are learning about that. Kevin Lipe, the Grizzlies writer for the Flyer, joins us every week in the 11 o'clock hour. Join us at 11.30. But, uh, so we got so much to get to, including hang up and listen. We'll, we'll, the Grizzlies lost last night at Smoothie King Center, but somebody in Memphis will win a smoothie party today on MSL. We've got a smoothie party for 20 that we're going to give away from our friends at Smoothie King in Collierville. Be good to yourself. Visit Memphis's four area Smoothie King locations. But today you could win a smoothie party for 20 during Hang Up and Listen. And, of course, we know there's lots you guys want to talk about. We'll take those calls at noon, but we start every week with... Uh, Mr. Sweet Tea, Mr. Jackson, Mississippi, Mr. Marcus Hunter. What's up, Hunter? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Cerrito? I am uh, actually coming to you this morning from, from um, out, of, out of space, actually. Oh, I can't wait to get get the details of this. You're not, you're Mr. Mr. Uh, outer Space, not Mr. Jackson, Mississippi? Did you hop on the same UFO Harden did? Did what now? Did you hop on the same UFO that John Harden rode? Are you talking about the classic uh, John Harden story? I hopped on SpaceX, which took off Friday. And you know it, it landed back today and didn't have the greatest of landings. So, but they left me in space, and so I'm able to broadcast from there today to uh, talk about this whole, um, you know, just what's going on in Memphis sports. And uh, I really appreciate uh, Josh Pastor for uh, allowing me to hop on the uh, spaceship and go. <laughs> the, the, of course, the Johnny Radio references to a. You can go back in the archives, but he told a very interesting story of his time in space. It all actually occurred at Alfred's on Beale Street. But he thought he was in outer space. It's a, it's a classic, yeah, yeah, classic Johnny yeah. Radio. Uh, I'm not on that kind of a spaceship that Johnny was on. <laughs> but uh, Marcus, it, is it, uh, I'm not saying anything can happen on this show. We've said that for many yeah. years, right? Uh, and uh, so I'm just telling everybody who's listening, they just need to stay tuned because something may happen later. There might be a twist or a turn on today's program. It's a very special edition of the show. And it's a very special edition of the starting five. So let's go ahead and get that started right now. Is it, uh, is it Breaking Bad good? I don't know if it's Breaking Bad good. <laughs> nope, there's not going to be bloody, I'll tell you that. No, the twist. I think it's... the twist is Breaking Bad good. Oh, you think it is. Uh, you know the twist. It's, it's, there's a twist coming. There is a twist. All right. We, uh, every week we do start the show with the starting five. It's five most interesting, important sports stories for the sports fan in the Mid-South. It's the uh, starting five. The number one story this week is just the chaos with Memphis basketball. And, I mean, it's all gone downhill since they brought in Rick Ross, right? It continues just to spiral out of control, uh, spiraling around in space, right? Because it's like gravity, the movie Gravity. It's, it's like the Tiger basketball program is the whatever ship that blew up in gravity, spoiler alert, but it doesn't really affect the movie that much if you know that Gra- but it, it's turned into gravity it really has because uh, there just seems to be no rhyme or reason for anything uh, that is going on with their program right now I, I, I just, it's hard to really keep up with how bad or good the team is I'm leaning, right now I'm starting to lean more toward bad than good uh oh yeah gravity gravity which was a great movie uh, by the way if you haven't seen it uh pick it up but we won't talk any more gravity connections let's first let's start with trying to figure out this week for Memphis basketball because this really you have to have a really bad week to cover up what is big grizz news that we'll get into in a minute but uh just blockbuster size grizz news happening but uh the because the tiger basketball program is where it is it's just terrible. Well, first off, let's talk about this. So, Karan Iverson uh, gets uh, suspended we for two games for undisclosed violation of team rules. That was announced on Wednesday. So, then he gets on Twitter, and he starts tweeting 
uh, retweeting and favoriting uh, tweets that are not very kind to Josh Pastner. You can you know you can Google those and uh, you'll you'll see the tweets. But he he's uh, favorited a oodles of tweets and retweeted a couple tweets that. Just uh, from just random people, They're like uh, including one tweet that read, "Josh Pastner is a fraud of a coach and uses players as scapegoats due to his lack of coaching ability." Stop the fraud. That was a tweet that Karan Averson tweeted after he was suspended by the head coach of the University of Memphis men's basketball team, Josh Pastner. You mean you mean a tweet that he retweeted? That's a tweet that he retweeted. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, retweeted yeah. that tweet from some guy named Curtis DeBose. You know, um. Corbin Robinson, uh, you know, he has some, uh, you know, questionable character issues coming into the title of the program. And, you know, Josh Pastner, he has continued to uh, stick with guys who have questionable character and uh, bring them into the program, you know, believing that he is the coach that can turn them around. And for a good part, he has been successful in that. But you're not going to be successful with every kid. And there's going to be a few kids along the line when you're a coach that's doing that that's just not going to be able to uh, change their immature ways. And regardless of what reason Iverson was suspended from the team, there's never an excuse to, uh, you know, do things that in a side kind of way, you know, are derogatory towards your head coach. Okay, but, but in the so, Twitter, the Twitter rule is that retweets are not exactly your opinion. You're just sharing other people's opinions. Sometimes you don't always have to endorse the retweet. If you're retweeting, you could be. He could have seen that and been like, "Oh wow, this guy says this about the team," and you retweet it. Right? Doesn't mean he believes it. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know he believes it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to find out a way to just kill your side, but you know it's hard, man. I mean, when you're a player and, and you retweet something like that, then you know that's a player thinking that hey, because it's not my words, I can get away with it. But I really want to let people know how I feel in a side kind of way about it. Okay, uh, here's the thing. I think I think the real question is: Do you agree with that statement? Uh, that that guy tweeted that was retweeted by Cron Iverson. Do you agree Josh Pastner is a fraud of a coach and uses players as scapegoats due to the his lack of coaching ability? Well, we know what I think about Josh Pastner and his uh, ability to coach. I don't think that he uh, uses his players as a scapegoat. Okay. By any means, I think that he's the kind of guy that would try to take the pressure off of himself by throwing his players under the bus. I've never seen that from him from his personality, but I don't think that he is, you know, the best coach. I think this year, when you don't have the talent that he's had in the past, it's really starting to show up, and he may have been a little bit in over his head this season trying to coach this group with not as much talent. So we're going to find out who Josh Pastner really is this season. We're going to find out how much toughness he has, find out how much heart he has, and find out, you know, if he's the kind of guy that can get a team to rally around him. Because right now, that's what he needs. He needs the team to rally around him, believe in him as the head coach, before they can start winning. Yeah, it's just a messy situation. I believe that's even like, I mean, that's the headlines that you're making on ESPN. If you look at the ESPN stories about this, like it's, it's a slight mess in Memphis right now. And there, I mean, there's a history though. This Twitter, this tweet from him. I mean, there's been Hippoly came out defending Hippoly. Remember Hippoly came out defending Josh Pastner. Um, you've had Wesley Witherspoon also tweeting this week that you know he understands pretty much his Twitter conversation with with Karan Iverson uh, that he has been in that the same spot before. Uh, there is a history. If you look, I mean, there without a doubt, and we don't have time to go into it now. But you you know, you go into. 
you look at Adonis Thomas was supposed to be better than he is. You look at you can go down the line of players, and now Shaq is on that list. Uh, even Will Barton, supposed to be a first-round pick, falls to the second round. You have guys who come in and play for Josh Pastner who are who always are supposed to be better than they are, and by the time they get here, they don't pan out. And it can't be that Josh is having that bad of luck recruiting guys who just don't pan out. Look, I'm going to go back to Todd Black. Todd Black uh, got kind of in the NBA. When Todd Black left the University of Memphis, Memphis fans thought the kid could barely jump. He couldn't. He couldn't rebound. He was tough. I mean, I mean, just looking at him play, he just did not seem like a player that would be able to make an NBA roster one day. He left Memphis, and after one year playing in another school was able to improve his game enough to make an NBA roster. So, I mean, like I said, you know, it's been known for a while how, how I have felt about Passioner's ability to develop players right. and to coach. Great guy, great guy. But not the best coach. I don't know. We'll talk about that great guy stuff here in a second. Tark, Tark Black, though, you bring that up. Tark Black now plays for the Los Angeles Lakers and yep. had a hell of a game last night, Marcus. Uh, yep. It was uh, that they were playing Orlando, I believe, so it's not that big of a deal. But it was Tark Black's debut uh, at Staples Center. And he scored 14 points on 4-4 shooting, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Uh, he had nine rebounds, and he did all of that in 17 minutes. You know, all of them, all of them coming in in the second, all of them in the second half of the game. <laughs> Tori Black might be—he's an NBA player, I think. Oh yeah, he's a legit NBA player. I mean, an undersized four, and he's still getting the job done. You know, last year during the NCAA tournament, Tori Black played that game that Kansas uh, eventually ended up losing. Uh, but I tweeted during the game about the fact that Charlie Black was having a good game. And I was like, see Memphis fans, this is the kind of player that you could have gotten from Charlie Black. I can't tell you how many Tiger fans were, were saying, well, this is the guy who didn't start or got four or five minutes or, you know, wasn't like a top player on the team the entire season. But you got to look, he was playing behind Joel Embiid. I mean, hey. that's why he wasn't a starter. Right, you know? all right. And so I think that it's really starting to show that, and, and players are starting to see it. And when you get the players that are starting to feel like they are being underdeveloped when they come and play for you, that's going to start to gain your reputation around living rooms and it's going to really hurt recruiting. So Josh Passioner needs to fix this now. And uh, speaking of Passner, so there was uh, so that was all happening. That all happened like Wednesday earlier in the week. Then come Thursday night, I'm hosting trivia at the Green Beat or I host trivia every week at eight o'clock. Cubs see me for uh, delicious uh, beer specials, and we always watch whatever game is on. So we're watching the Tiger game. They ended up losing seventy three to fifty nine to SMU. After the game, that's when Passner had what is going to go down in history uh, as one of his most famous quotes: uh, "If anyone thinks we lost any control, they're in outer space." That's what Josh Passner said following the game against SMU. So now apparently. We all know Coach Cal called the fans, the fans who didn't agree with him, or his, you know, or you know, were miserables. The guys, the fans who were kind of like would dare to challenge. If you dare to challenge Calipari, you're a miserable. And now I guess yeah. if you dare to challenge Passner, you're a Martian. So miserables and Martians hanging out together. But uh, as you joked earlier, that you were in outer space. What were your uh, first reactions to, to Passner calling people? Th- th- here's the thing: Lu- we have not lost control. Are you serious, Josh? Are you serious? Well, I don't think he's, you know, it's just hard to say that he's lost control of the team because, you know, like you said, the players are not getting arrested. I mean, they're getting suspended for doing dumb things. It's not getting arrested. Um, 
And as far as we know, the players are still going to class and their grades are, are, are doing good. I don't think he's lost control of the team from that standpoint. From a winning and losing standpoint, yes, I don't think this team is a team that will lay everything out on the line to win right now. I don't There's think a he... lot of internal mess going on. Nobody's... I think he's lost that perspective. Nobody's saying he's lost control on the other perspective. And I, I, I want to ask you this because, I mean, I'm thinking about this uh, earlier. Like, he has not lost control. Like, this is his quote. He says, quote, I think uh, any fan that says that I've lost control probably needs to get checked because to lose control would mean I wouldn't let guys run wild and look the other way. Losing control means that we would have guys getting in trouble left and right with the law. I, I just disagree with that. Like, is he saying that... That that's what basketball players are supposed to do, and I have them under control. Like it's you know you should be applauding me that that this team isn't going out committing crimes and stuff. Like I don't I I don't get that that's supposed to be what's happening, or that he should be applauded that it's not happening. I mean yes, it's great that these players don't get arrested, but are you? I mean, well, you, well, you shouldn't be applauded for for mm-hmm. teenagers for college kids not getting in trouble. I mean. The vast majority of college students go to college and don't get in trouble, so that's right. something you should bother for. Right, or that I don't. I just, I just kind of took that the wrong way. If it's like nobody's, people were looking at your coaching right now. They're not looking at the off court. You've been given credit for being the nice guy who does stuff all, you know, the the right way. As far as maybe, maybe is he suspending people too early or? Who knows? It's a mess, right? It's a mess. We do know that. Let's keep moving in the starting five. Number two, Jeff Green trade rumors. we got to go real quick on this, Marcus. Do you, are you down with getting Jeff Green? Of course, the trade is pretty much final. It's going to end up um, – it's, it just has not been – uh, pushed all the way through, but right now the latest that we hear is that Tayshawn Prince and a future first-round pick are going to Boston. Coupon is going to New Orleans, and uh, John Salmons to Boston, and Russ Smith is coming to Memphis along with Jeff Green. Well, um, you know, it, it would have been better if the Grizzlies could have gotten Lou all day, and I know that he was one of the guys rumored earlier to be a part of a trade the Grizzlies were trying to do, but getting Jeff Green is a good, good pickup. Uh, losing coupon, uh, going back to where you got him from, New Orleans. I mean, you know, that's one of those things where coupon wasn't really the best guy with the coach. So I don't really think that, uh, Dan Yeager is going to miss Quincy Pondexter all that much. So I think it's a good trade for the Grizzlies. Uh, it, it, it takes care of a lot of things for them. They get rid of Tayshaun Prince. I hate to say it like that because I like Tayshaun, but he just wasn't the same player. So right. they're getting for the Tayshaun, and they're getting in a much better player at that position. So Grizzlies come out on the much better end of this trade. Obviously, this team believes that this is the year. The door is wide open this year for them to get to the NBA Finals and win. I believe that as well. So it definitely seems like they're making that push to get there. I like this move. I like it, and I know there's people concerned about the first-round draft pick being involved, but this is a win-now mentality. So if you have to get rid of your first-round pick, this is the best the team has ever been. If you have a chance to make it even better and push for the NBA Finals, that's what it's all about. I don't care about whether you're sacrificing your future right now when you are in this position, which is a hard... Uh, I guess thing for some fans to wrap their their brains around. They're like, wait a minute, we are in the position to make the push, and the Grizzlies are in that position. 
then you give away a first-round pick if it means you're going to get somebody uh, that's going to help you or you think is going to help you win the NBA Finals. That's what we're talking about. So giving away the first-round pick, not a big deal. Uh, actually getting value out of Tayshawn Prince back in this kind of. So and this works out great. Coupon hasn't been playing, like you said. So I'm all for the Jeff Green deal. Hopefully it gets finalized today. We're still waiting on word of that. Uh, number three in the starting five. Last night's game, because of the trade rumors, was kind of like a purgatory game. Uh, but Zebo came back. And uh, Tayshawn Prince was shooting a bunch of threes, and the Grizzlies end up lost, losing uh, 106 to 95. Zebo's back though with 11 points and 11 rebounds, so it looks like uh, his uh, time away uh, was going to end up benefiting the Grizzlies. I think he's back. He's back and ready to play. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I mean, you knew you lost Zebo for a little bit there, but I, I don't really think the Grizzlies were all that concerned about it because you know I think these coaches. And uh, this staff, is, you know, is pretty smart. They were willing to sacrifice losing a few games at this point of the season to get Zach Randolph completely healthy because they're willing to sacrifice that one or that two seed in the playoffs because that one or that, or that two seed in the playoffs is probably going to have to go up against Oklahoma City. So I think, you know, so losing these games right now, that's fine because if you don't go up against Oklahoma City and you have a healthy Zach Randolph going into the playoffs, that's a win-win. That's the best thing for your team. So they did the right thing. Let Zebo become completely healthy before putting him back out there. Right. And the Grizzlies have got a bunch of I mean, they they they've picked up some losses over this time time that Zebo has been out. But again, I don't know how much playoff seating is going to matter at the end of the day uh, because you're going to be playing a good team no matter what. I guess you want to get top four so you have home court. You want to get top four so you get home court. But in the Western Conference this year, it is so wide open that whether you're playing that team in the first round or second, who knows how the dominoes are going to fall with with the playoff seating. But you do want to get home court. You want to stay at top four. Uh, Speaking of number four, we'll move on to number four in the starting five, which is the first ever college football championship game. It's coming up on Monday night. Oregon, Ohio State. Of course, the first championship in over a decade with with no SEC team involved. And um, I've got Oregon uh, in the game, but I would not be surprised with Ohio State, Marcus. Well, um, I definitely would not be surprised if Ohio State wins that game now, considering Oregon just lost their uh, second-best wide receiver suspended for the game because of a failed drug test. That's really going to affect what's able to happen uh, in this football game for Oregon offensively. And we all know that Oregon's offense, regardless, is really explosive. And it's probably still going to be, I think, that's going to affect them marginally, but maybe enough to keep this game closed going into the fourth quarter. And as we saw... Ohio State against Alabama in the fourth quarter. Anything can happen. They have a running back that can, you know, explode for big plays. They have a quarterback, third-string guy, huge quarterback. He can run it. He can throw it. So if Ohio State can keep this game close going into the fourth quarter, I'd give them a shot because I just don't think Oregon is going to have enough defense to just continue to keep Ohio State from scoring late in the game whenever they really feel like it. So it's going to be a good game, good competitive game. The way that it's being covered right now by uh, by ESPN, I think is a little much. It's, 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 start, it's already feels like a mini Super Bowl, like the college Super Bowl. And I, and I think that when it comes to college kids, you still at some point have to keep, have to still treat them like college kids. I think they're making too much of a spectacle of this playoff and this national championship, but that's what they were going to do anyway because it makes them millions of dollars. And so, you know, they're going to do what, they, they're going to do what makes them the money. And you know, I just think it's a, a bit much stuff. I don't know. That's what I'm still, I still don't know my thoughts. I've kind of, like, New Year's has passed. 
uh, and you're kind of getting it in this in the middle of January. Martin Luther King Day is next week. That it just seems like, and there's been this gap since the last bowl game, almost a week now. That it's tough for me to get in that in that in that mindset of of uh, the college football championship is coming up. I don't know if I like this delay. Maybe there's a way they can make it a little bit closer or throw maybe more bowl games in between uh, New Year's and this game. So we're still thinking college football because so much attention now has, has veered off to pro football. And uh, and just it, it, in Memphis, at least, you know, it's pro basketball. So, All right, uh, number, number five in the starting five, the uh, Memphis Redbirds announced big renovations uh, are coming to AutoZone Park. And now so Tiger Football wants to add uh, some renovations to Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. So here are your two stories from this week. Redbirds uh, are going to put more grass. There's going to be more bluffs at the Redbirds. I don't know if they're going to call them the bluffs. I don't think they've announced it. Because, you know, they always called the bluff, the, gla- the grass seating. More grass seating, but they're really remodeling the club section at at AutoZone Park and uh, putting in like pool tables and party rooms and, and actual tables at the chairs uh, in the club level. Tiger football on the other hand, this one interests me the most. This story just broke uh, yesterday from the commercial appeal that the, the, the that they're looking at putting in more chair backs. There's only 500 chairs, Marcus, at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium that have backs to them where you can sit in a chair with a back. I guess we're not counting the boxes. But there's 500, and they want to move that number to 15,000. Uh, and that will end up, of course, reducing the capacity of the building, which is always a good thing, and make you be more comfortable when you watch Tiger football. So possibly 15,000 seats at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium with a chair back to them. Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because at other college stadiums around the country, they don't have chair back seating. And if you want a chair back, you just rent one, and they will put you know one of those portable chair back seats in your spot. So, I mean, I don't really understand why they want to make comfort. But you know, whatever. Comfort. I think it's. I think it's comfortable. But anyway, yeah. that that yeah. <laughs> that yeah. does wrap up the uh, starting five uh, for this week, uh, Marcus. Um, I'll talk to you next week on the show, right here at the same same time. Um, um, this show. The, on what show? This show. Yeah. Well, at the same time slot, I will be here talking to you next week. Is that? Uh, um, can you agree to show. that? Can you agree to that? Oh. Okay, I can agree to that. I don't want to spoil it, but I can agree to that. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's Marcus Hunter. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Marcus underscore underscore Hunter. Underscore underscore. Mr. Double underscore. That's your other nickname. Call- All, right, that's me. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, Marcus. That's Marcus Hunter. At Marcus underscore underscore Hunter on Twitter and Instagram. Coming up, we're going to talk to Kevin Leib uh, from the Memphis Flyer. We're going to really take a deep dive into some of this Grizzly stuff. He's going to be in studio. That's how excited he is about about Coupon <laughs> about coupon possibly getting traded uh, here in the next few hours. But before we go to break, do you love the 90s? Then uh, you'll love 90s trivia at nights all month long. It's I Love the 90s trivia in February. So you you hear my commercials on this station all the time that I've got uh, trivia nights every Wednesday at Tampa Tap, every Thursday at the Green Beetle. But in the entire month of February, every week's going to be a different 90s theme. It's I Love the 90s month. So there's going to be 90s uh, TV week. There's going to be a 90s movie week, a 90s Name That Tune week. Maybe we'll have a little 90s Disney night, too. A bunch of different 90s trivia themes throughout the month of February. So go ahead and just circle that entire month on your calendar. I Love the 90s night. Go to my uh, trivia Facebook page, facebook.com slash Trivia. What's What's this Wednesday's trivia theme? Next week is 50-50 night, the best trivia odds in town. You have a 50% chance to get every question right. They're all true, false, yes or no, yada, yada, yada. The best trivia odds in town next week on Wednesday and Thursday night at Tampa Nap. 50-50 night. But up next, it's Kevin Light from the Flyer. You're listening to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM.
the Tigers, the Grizzlies, the SEC. We are real sports talk. I love it. I love it. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. A fan coming, a fan running down, Summer Avenue. Welcome back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. GK was on the radio. WHBQ. Welcome back to this very special episode of MSL. What's so special about it? I don't know. We got it. There's a. I don't know. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Don't miss the last five minutes of the show. I think if you really want to know what's so special about it, don't miss the last five minutes. Marcus is overhyping it, saying <laughs> comparing it to Breaking Bad, but. This is an interesting twist to this uh, program, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But something that is of regular occurrence on this show each and every week in the 11 o'clock hour, our buddy Kevin Leip, who writes about the Grizzlies for the Memphis Flyer, joins us, and he's in studio today. Right, nobody in in this town has wrote more articles about Quincy Pondexter over the past 365 days than uh, Kevin Leib. Ever since you joined the Memphis Flyer, uh, you seem to to uh, really look at Quincy Pondexter. Now he's possibly a part of this trade. We mentioned it earlier. Of course, as we know, there's nothing's finalized yet, which I thought it would be by the time we would talk to you here in studio. But um, Tayshawn Prince and a future first round pick from the Memphis Grizzlies could be heading to Boston in a three-team trade that will also send Quincy Pondexter to New Orleans, and the Grizzlies will get Russ Smith, not to be confused with Russ Griswold. Um, That's the only person I've ever known named Russ. Uh, And, of course, a big part of the trade, though, is Jeff Green, who uh, the Grizzlies will be acquiring. Uh, Your first reaction to this trade, Mr. Light? Uh, It it feels like Jeff Green has been... uh has been kind of on the Grizzlies' radar for a while. I know um, even all the way back to the Rudy Gay trade, uh, Boston actually offered Jeff Green for Rudy Gay straight up, and the Grizzlies turned that down. Um, I guess that was, what, 2012, early 2013? Oh, really? Uh, and now you've got part of the, the Gay trade going to Part the, of the yeah. Gay trade going, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think this makes a little more sense. Jeff Green is not really that... Um, I don't think Jeff Green and, and, and Rudy Gay are really the same caliber of player. I think, um, you know, I, I think that Jeff Green does a lot of things that are going to help the Grizzlies. Um, I think he can do pretty well in a in a role player role. I mean, he's he's had to kind of be the man um, in terms of scoring load and that kind of stuff on these Boston teams that haven't been very good. And and so I think you know I, I think that as a role player, um, kind of like he was when he was in Oklahoma City, he was the kind of the fourth option behind. Uh, you know, behind Durant, Westbrook, Harden, um, all those guys. Um, he was the starting power forward, I guess, before the Kendrick Perkins trade. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he can do well. I really think that this is a this is an acquisition that it doesn't. I don't think it really moves the needle that much in terms of are the Grizzlies going to win the title or not. But I definitely think it shores up um, shores up a wing rotation that's basically had no production all season long. 
Oh, really? So you you don't think it it helps? I mean, it, it should. I mean, if yeah. if he can fit in, it's uh, not going to be the difference. It's not going to be the difference. It's not going to be the difference between them winning the title and I. I still think that just comes down to how <laughs> how the big three play, right? How I, Mark, how Mark, Mike, and uh, Zebo play. But I, I think it does. It does help. It absolutely helps. It's going to help them uh, in the regular season. It's going to get them a better seed. I think it's it, you know. He's a good player. Is is there anything else about Jeff Green? Because this guy, you, you got to admit, there's there's plenty of Grizzlies fans out there who know nothing about players on the other teams that are not named Kobe or LeBron. So they know <laughs> your Grizzlies players, and they know Kobe and LeBron, but they don't know anybody else. Right. And uh, what else is it? You did a pretty good history of Jeff Green's uh, career. I mean, is there anything else out there? He's 28. He plays small forward, plays power forward. Been trying to play power forward more this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing, right? I mean, the we've seen the usage of Tayshaun Prince this year, he's been used more as a, a small ball power forward than he's been used as a true small forward. And I think that, uh, you know, they really don't have a lot of faith in John Luer right now. He's really not played well. And Jarnell Stokes is just not ready. Like, he, he he's had some good minutes. He's had some bad minutes. He's, he's a rookie, you know. He, you don't want to put that kind of that kind of load on a guy who's who's just not quite ready to do that yet. I think he will be, and I think they want him to be that in the future. But it, that ain't happening this year. He's just He's just... Too too raw. Um, and that's not a knock on Jarnell. He's just he's just young. Um, I think that having Jeff Green to um, kind of play small forward with the starters and then play power forward with the bench is is awesome. That's to me that's the that's the real thing about this trade is he's going to be uh, kind of a wing scorer with the starters and then the power forward with the bench. Because it, it's been a it's been a problem of who's going to back up Zebo yeah. if you need a, if if you need that which we've learned over the past nine games until Zebo's return last night and Zebo looked all right uh, against the Pelicans even in in a loss and I don't think you can look at last night's game as anything because you've got it's one of those weird purgatory games it's like should Tayshawn be warming up or right. not and who else is going and well so to, so to me the fact that he played last night. Um, I think that's because to Boston that that trade is really about his contract. It's right. not about using him for production or using him to play. Uh, you know, some people are saying that Boston may even waive him, buy him out when he gets there. Um, you know, to me that's probably the best thing that could happen to him because then a team like you know the Clippers need some help at the wing. The the Pistons are looking like they're make the playoffs again. He could go back to Detroit, maybe play for them. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that open up for him if they buy him out, and he still gets his paycheck and he still gets to go play for a good team. So I'd I'd, I'd love to see Tayshawn uh, in a uniform not Boston uh, yeah. this year. Yeah, and I think that's a possibility. I think Detroit was would be a great destination because everybody like I don't know who now gets all the you get two guys Tayshawn and Coupon are both going to be involved in this deal. That the people kind of put all you know that they get the worst of the complaints, or if a Grizz fans are complaining about something because the Grizzlies are having one of their best seasons ever, so and fans still want to complain about stuff. It becomes right. Tayshon or it becomes Coupon. I don't know who steps up now. It's the guy everybody's going to be like, ah, so and so. Why is he in the game? Or whoa, so and so. Or uh, you know, probably the usual suspects of the Lure and Kalathis. Lure and Kalathis are going to get you know, or are, are stepping up more to a, a high profile. Uh, fan uh, frustration role <laughs> in this trade, yeah. but I, I I'm excited. I like the trade because I was concerned about Costa Kufas, and I yeah. and you see, there's talk that Costa was going to be involved in any one of these trades, and I'm I'm I think he's very valuable. I know he doesn't play that many minutes, but well, he should play more minutes. Like I think this I think this trade kind of uh, I I like this trade. If only for the fact that they were able to do all this stuff and 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 bring in this wing production without having to get rid of Kosakufus, I think he's he's way too valuable for that. 
you know, if it was going to be Lou Alding that they were bringing in, fine, right. trade Costa Kufas. But, uh, you know. Because you get an all-star back. Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think for for the deal that they got, to be able to get this deal and not have to part with Costa Kufas, who, you know, number one is a more valuable trade asset than that, but number two is just more valuable player than that. Um, He's so good. So many teams want him yeah. on their team. And even if you do lose him at the end of the year, like, I don't care. Right. I'm in this mindset right now. I mean, you got to think a little bit for the future, yeah. but you also got to think that this is the year. Yeah. This is the year you make your moves. This is the year you're best, one of the best teams in the NBA for sure. Try to keep your best assets that you have. If you end up losing Costa Kufus in the summer, that's fine, but you took a shot at it. You took a shot at the championship with the best backup center maybe in the NBA on your roster. And now they're losing Tayshawn, who, yes, has been playing, but isn't that big of a vital role. You lose Coupon, who has not been playing. And the draft pick, I've also I'm not concerned about. I mean, like people are hesitant to give up first-round draft picks. Yeah. I mean, but it, if you're in win-now mode, right. like, if you're serious about win-now, I mean, you got to sacrifice a little bit of your future to win-now sometimes. And I don't know anything concrete about the protections on this pick. It sounds right. like they may not get the pick until 2018 or 2019. Um, with the protections that are on it, I, I you know, it becomes a problem if you don't have Marcus Gasol, you don't have Zebo in 2018, and then you don't, you also don't have any first round picks for three years, you know, or two years or whatever, uh, whatever the rule is. But you know, I, they're not really worried about that. I think it's clear that they're not really worried about that. Um, I, I think that um, the fact that they're putting that that they're willing to involve a pick in this trade. To get back Jeff Green, I think that's a that's an all in move. Like we are all in on this year. We are trying to we are trying to win the NBA championship this year, and I think that's what that move says. And until they dealt coupon, it looked like they were even going to be willing to go into the tax to do that. I mean, I think right. that's that's really what's motivating the Pondexter stuff. He's not really that much of a factor on the court this year so far, outside of a few games. But but really, it's that he makes what two three million dollars a year for four years and they they need to get under the tax if they're bringing back jeff green who makes like nine so um you know and you look at this and with the conversation because there were word leaked earlier in the week from mark sign at espn that jeff green or luol ding would be uh, or, or being pursued by the grizzlies and that's when all the chatter whether it's on twitter or other shows people you know like oh i wouldn't give up this or i wouldn't give up that and it really becomes it's very much of like you you know you overvalue some stuff as a fantasy football owner or whatever yeah. like i don't want to give up this to get this exactly. and i just got to give kudos to the grizzlies like i think they've like these are the pieces that we've talked about which is draft picks, which is Tayshawn Prince, which is Quincy Pondexter, that you had to use to your advantage, and they're going to use them to their advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a smart trade. I mean, you know, you can question whether Jeff Green is really that good of a player, but I think we'll find out. But at least they're right, rolling the dice on it. Yeah, we'll and see. It's, he doesn't have to be an all star, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to come in here and be uh, be the guy. He doesn't come out in here. He's he's going to be a role player, and I think he's I think he's going to be good as a role player. I think he. He's a guy who doesn't have to be the man. May, even has looked a little uncomfortable being kind of the go-to guy in Boston, and so I think this is a good. I think this is a good move for him too. And uh, you know, he's played with Courtney Lee before. They know each other, so I, 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 I'm okay with it. I think it's a good move. And my uh, favorite, my favorite part of it all is that it makes my TV appearance on Sports Files last summer look that even more impressive. I th I thought, and there's, there's still debate, like whether or not these big contracts mean anything in the NBA as far as value for trading. And I was on uh, with Greg Gaston, Chris Harrington, and Hank McDowell. We were on the panel at the end of last season trying to you know preview what what's to come for the Grizzlies after they uh, lost in seven games to Oklahoma City. And here's a clip from that. 
Got a minute and a half to go. Give me 30 seconds each. Beside the pressing issue of Zeebo, what's the biggest pressing issue this offseason for the Grizzlies? Uh, Chris Harrington, let me start with you. They need more athleticism and, and playmaking ability on the perimeter than they have, and they don't have a lot of means to get it. And so I don't think you can count on the draft for that. I don't think you can do it internally. They'll have probably mid-level exception money in free agency. Is there someone out there they can go get that can add more playmaking and more athleticism on the perimeter? Kevin? Well, I'm looking more to uh, Tayshawn Prince's contract's finally going to go up next year. So I don't know if the offseason is as important as what they're going to end up doing with him by the trade deadline. Interesting. There, there you, you go. go. I called it. <laughs> Anytime I get a chance to play one of my uh, TV appearances, and uh, maybe I should be on the pre- and post-game show. You were actually right, so you saved that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, and shout-out to Chris Harrington making his MSL debut today. Uh, all right, Life, thanks for coming in studio. Congratulations on Coupon Maybe Moving. That's going to be sad. You're going to have to find a new topic I'm to write about. I'm going to have to rename my daughter, my baby Tayshana. Oh, no, this is very sad. I saw your, your wife uh, tweeting that Tayshana, she's got to be real upset. Have you all told her yet? Uh, we told her, and she uh, she threw up. Oh no! She pooped in her pants. That is just, it's bad. bad. <laughs> she threw up and pooped in her pants. She does that a lot. <laughs> baby Tayshana, uh, the you got to get her in those baby races. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Liba. We'll talk to you right here, same place next week. Yep. When we come back, we're talking about the Mid South Coliseum. Mike McCarthy's here, and we're take a few moments to figure out what's going to happen uh, with that building in Midtown. You're listening to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports Fifty Six and eighty seven seven FM. Rebels, Bulls, Bulldogs, Tigers. It's always college football season here. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Memphis Sport Live. Here once again are your hosts, Kevin Cerrito and Marcus Hunter. All right, welcome back to MSL. You got to come up with a new, a new baby name for life. He's got to rename his baby. That's the problem when you name your baby after somebody on the Grizzlies. Always recommend just just name your pets, not your baby, after your favorite player. But this portion of MSL is being brought to you by Playoffs on the Square. It's the perfect place to take a date. It's located at Union and Cooper in the Overton Square Historic. Uh, district. It's the right there. They have a playhouse on the square, of course, across from them is the circuit playhouse. So you always got two different play options happening at Playhouse on the Square. It's Memphis's only professional theater. Go to Playhouse on the Square dot org for a full list of upcoming shows, which include here's one name, Bad Jews is a play playing there. Uh we've got We Live Here playing right now until the twenty fifth. And coming in just a few weeks, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. All at Playhouse on the Square. So Playhouse on the Square dot org. Joining us in studio is Mike McCarthy. He's a local filmmaker, but right now he's the face officially because there's an article in the Memphis Flyer this week. He's the face of the movement to save the Mid South Coliseum. He joins us in studio now. What's going on, Mike? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm the face with sideburns. This is a very interesting topic to me as a Midtowner, as somebody who went to the Coliseum so many Monday nights uh, for pro wrestling growing up in the 80s. And uh, it was the build as the entertainment capital of the Mid-South. Uh, there's different stats, of course, about the Mid-South Coliseum, whether or not it's the only building in the world that the, that Elvis and the Beatles played. There's very few of those buildings out there. Right, and we know Elvis right. and the Beatles played that building uh, as well. So it, it's a his, historic building. I think the the... 
the way it looks that just you know looks 1950s it looks yeah. mid 20th century it's mid it's mid-century modern if if you tear a building down like that you can't replace it it's mid-century modern it was uh it was built in the heart of the 20th century in the american century and when we lose things like that we lose a sense of place uh i've said this several times uh one thing that we as Americans want to hold on to is our, even though we're all individuals, we want to hold on to our collective identity and our neighborhoods especially. And you have Beltline, Cooper Young, Orange Mound, all these communities are anchored by the fairgrounds, 155 acres that are there. Liberty Bowl and the Coliseum were built as sister buildings, and it makes sense to maintain and keep them both for a sense of place and uh it makes the neighborhood authentic. And if you're going to tear it down and build another arena that's 5,000 seats, I think there need to be some studies done and some transparency, which is what we're all asking for. The basic questions, which we haven't had answers to, what's the cost of tearing down the Coliseum versus saving it and rebuilding a new venue? And uh, can't the Coliseum be multi-purposed, multifaceted, and you get historic tax breaks for saving the building on top of that? All right, so Mike McCarthy is joining us in studio. He is uh, a big part of the campaign to save the Mid-South Coliseum, and it's become uh, to the forefront now because of the city. The city's moving forward with these other plans. They're getting tax dollars from the state to do something with the fairgrounds. They're getting an obscene amount of money. To the uh, TDZ, the Tourist Development Zone, uh, is is what you're talking right, about. Right, okay. Yeah. Um they're getting an obscene amount of money, okay, if you want to put it that way. It's over $100 million. It's enough money to do whatever you want to do with the fairgrounds, but it it privatizes public land, ultimately. And again, there are a couple of meetings coming up this month that I wanted to promote that are going to be forums for asking the questions of, where's the transparency? Is this money use a good idea? Um, Why does the Coliseum have to be torn down? You, you know, just uh, these but things have to be much, asked. Do we know how much money? We do. We, or do we know how much money is set aside? Well, two hundred and thirty-three million has been a figure that's been bandied wow. about. But just for the fairgrounds? Yes, I mean, but there are no private developers mm-hmm. mentioned or have been brought in at all, to my knowledge. There's no private money at stake here. The tax money from local businesses in the TDZ zone, which includes Overton Square down to Cooper Young, over to Orange Mound, that tax money base would then go into the pool to pay for this deal instead of paying for education, which is a um, a bone of contention right now with the county commission and city council. They want to know where the money's coming from to pay for education if instead we're using it, the tax money, if we're using it for other things like the TDZ. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're opposed to the TDZ, and we don't want the TDZ to happen because I I think it's bad for local businesses. If you privatize the fairgrounds, how do you control what happens then? How do you stop it from being a strip mall? How do you stop big box retail from coming in? How do you stop it from harming the businesses in Cooper Young, where I live? These are questions that really need to be addressed. It it needs to remain public. Okay, so so your group, are you guys more concerned about saving the building that is the Mid-South Coliseum, or are you more concerned about... How the money is being spent from the taxpayers, or they? There are different groups. Uh, uh, well, I, and I, let me mention. Can I mention these meetings here? Sure. Um, wanted to promote these meetings. A lady named Lee Davis is having a meeting at the Jay Etkin Gallery in Cooper Young. It's at nine forty-two South Cooper, and this is happening Wednesday, January fourteenth at seven p.m. 
And it's basically a, a public meeting in opposition to the D- TDZ plan for the fairgrounds. And it's going to talk about what is a TDZ, a tourist development zone, what does it mean for the fairgrounds development. Um, there's that. That's hosted by, by Lee. Uh, a man named Taylor Berger is organizing a public meeting at Circuit Playhouse on Wednesday, January 28th at 6 p.m. It's called the Fairgrounds Forum. I hope to have PowerPoint presentations at these things about the Coliseum. Taylor is going to be talking about the TDZ. Lee's talking about that, too. It's more than just me being a mascot for this thing. There are a lot of right. There's a lot of public interest, and it's it splinters into many different groups and people. So, so the uh, the meeting, these meetings, but or there is there a meeting of like, what should we do with it? Because the Mid South Coliseum, like, sure you save it. There, okay, people were saying we should save that church on Union mm-hmm. uh, before they turned it into CBS, but like it was just an empty building. They're like, want to save an empty building and leave it an empty building. Eh, well, let's you put know a real, let's put something there. So, like, what we, we, would we, we do always think that we're the be all and end all when we're here and making decisions. Mm-hmm. There's another generation that's going to follow us, and another generation. And guess what? No matter what we do or Robert Lipscomb does to the fairgrounds, right. 25 years from now, somebody comes through, scrapes it all, destroys his plan. Another administration creates a whole other fairgrounds, and if it's private property. God knows what will happen. What kind of strip mall? What kind of blight? What kind of – will the economy take a downturn? What kind of crime element will be there? Our, our argument is it makes sense no matter what you do, if you, even if you can't keep all 155 acres public, you maintain the sense of place that the Mid-South Coliseum has provided, much like the Liberty Bowl. You keep that there as an anchor for history because of all the great things that have happened there. I'd, and I, I fully support the movement to save the Mid South Coliseum. I think it's a disgrace that that the Zip and Pippin moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and that you had some. It's these made things. its money back four times already. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and that I'm, I'm for saving it, and I'm also for uh, the discussion of ideas, uh, and maybe. Maybe I need to start my own Facebook group, I don't know, uh, to go along with it because it seems like there is multifaceted parts. Like your sure. group, um, I'm trying to to figure out what. You know what the plan is for the building. I don't, so you're saying save the building first, and then let's figure there, it out. There's been no love put towards the building. Like let's say there has the pyramid. Right. The pyramid wasn't paid for, so therefore it had to be sought out and given away to a, a company, a corporation, to save it. And that's great. Where is that Bass Pro for the Coliseum? Where is that retrofit for the Coliseum? The city would have to reach out to somebody. Maybe we as a group could. You know, our 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 reach is limited. Two things that work against the Coliseum, or challenges, that have to be figured out are the American Disabilities Act, the ADA, and the um, non-compete clause instituted by the Grizzlies. So it can't be be an arena like the Lander Center in DeSoto County. Well, it's funny you mention that because the non-compete clause says that the Grizzlies have the control over everything that happens under, but under 5,000 seating is open. It's open. So why not take 5,000 seats out of the Coliseum? Make it 4,999 seats. Exactly. And bring, and bring those seats out from the top down so you're also reducing your American disabilities cost, right? Because is, now you right. don't, you don't have, now you've cut the cost of the ADA in half. And sit, the city has said, well, the ADA costs are too expensive to retrofit the building. Well, Many people have asked, well, what's the end purpose of the building that you're retrofitting it for? You can't say the ADA costs are too expensive when you haven't told us what the purpose of the building is ultimately going to be. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? I see. And if there's $200 million being spent on the fairgrounds 
you only need probably 25 of that to do any upgrades to the uh, – I'm just guessing and, off and, the top and, of my head to the and Coliseum. I do, and I do so. want to say this. The, the Grizzlies had every right and every privilege to do what they did with the non-compete. But now look how successful and popular, popular the Grizzlies are. I, I think the unintended effect of the non-compete was that seven miles away you have Mississippi. <laughs> right. People just go to South Haven or Humphreys Coliseum to see things that now Memphis has lost tax revenue on for seven years. Okay. Uh, so uh, Mike McCarthy is joining us. And, again, people, if they want to get in contact with you and help with this movement, uh, they can find your Facebook page. There's a Facebook group you request to be a member of. There is a Save the Mid-South Coliseum Facebook page run by Scott Schaefer, who has just collected 3,090 signatures to Save the Coliseum. Uh, the page has 2,900 members. Uh, I think the petition did close down uh, because once you reach 3,000, right. and we've gone over 3,000. And you can uh, read the write-up in the flyer this week. There's a good article uh, about this movement to save the Mid-South Coliseum, which we fully support. And and because it, it does, we want to throw out our idea. We have an idea here of what could, the Coliseum could be used for. And I don't know if, if your group uh, will back our idea or not. It's It's may sound crazy to some folks and it may sound like the perfect fit for others. It sounds like the perfect fit for us. But we're thinking um there is no anywhere in the world like what is that building is known for, right? It was a, it was a great concert venue, but it was also known for Monday night wrestling every week, Jerry the King Lawler, mm-hmm. nicknamed the house that the king built. Memphis is a, a wrestling hotbed historically. And so we have to thinking why not make it the National Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame? That's one portion of the building. There are many, the Coliseum and and the word museum sort of go together, right? Right. Yes, absolutely. Would you guys get behind that as being part of of the building? So whatever they do with it, part of it can be the National Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame Museum. You'd be down with that? You could talk about Johnny Cash playing in Cooper Young. You could have a music museum. You could have an overflow event facility. It's a multi-purpose place for many things to happen, civic things, sports things. Uh, you could bring in basketball. You could do all the things that the rebuilt building is supposed to do that um, has been talked about. Repurpose the historic right. anchor of the community. All right, we think it's perfect place for for the for the pro wrestling museum. And again, it may not take up the whole thing. Nashville Nashville's old mid, uh, Coliseum. I don't remember the name of it, uh, but they now have a museum in there. The Musicians Museum yeah. is now in their old their version of the Mid South Coliseum in Nashville. So. Well, the reason I say you know maybe it's not a bad thing just to say mothball it because we need vision to approach this thing and we need investors to save the thing. If if our generation can't come up with the vision and the investors, the next generation will. But if you tear down the building, right. it can't mid century modern can't be replaced. All right, if you got if you have an idea for the Coliseum, be sure to just join that Facebook group. Go to these events. They're all posted on that Facebook group. You can tweet at me, uh, at Cerrito if you got some ideas for the Coliseum. Can, we're taking calls next at three six zero eighty two fifty five for hang up and listen. So if you got an idea for the Coliseum, uh, let us know. But and write to your commissioner or councilman, uh, there's a vote coming up on Monday and Reginald Milton, Reginald. Milton at Shelby County TN.gov is the person to reach out to to say, hey, we don't want the TDZ. I, I, I've got a group of people together I, that would be interested in pushing forward for this uh, Hall of Fame, this Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. That's There's a not idea. a big one in the country. I think it'd be an amazing tourist attraction, a top five TripAdvisor attraction in Memphis, and a great use for There's it. There's one in Tunica, so why can't we have one? They don't we... have it in Tunica anymore. Lawler, Lawler's stuff is up ah. for grabs. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, Mike McCarthy, for joining us. We've got to take a break. When we come back, it's Hang Up and Listening. You listen to MSL on Real Sports Talk, Sports 6 and 87.7 FM.